Hello, and welcome to the SBS Cycling Tour de France podcast. I'm Philip Gomes. I'm here with Jamie Finch-Penninger and, of course, Anthony Tan. And we're going to wrap up stage five, which was uh, 216 kilometers, uh, 5,406 uh, meters and six climbs, one sprint. And it turned out to be a great race, a punchy race, with the kind of winner that you would expect would win that race win that stage and uh, and of course the jersey changed hands as well i don't know let's start with jamie this time quick assessment quick assessment um great day for van avermaet i mean i don't i'm not sure anyone would have necessarily picked him to go into yellow on this day i would have more expected him to focus on stage two where he he was slightly better suited to the finish of the stage but it, yeah he surprised everyone and um took the win there just to give you a quick rundown, so Greg Van Avermaet from BMC Racing won the stage. Thomas de Ghent from Lotto Sudal was second. Rafael Maika from Tinkoff uh, was third. Uh, Rodriguez, Joachim Rodriguez, Dan Martin, Bartos Sorzarski uh, from Bora Argon, Julian Alaphilippe, who we many thought was going to win uh, the stage. Adam Yates, terrific result for him for Orca Bike Exchange. Uh, the Froome dog, Chris Froome, ninth. TJ Van Garderen, tenth. So some of the some of the GC guys really started to show up at the... Uh, at the tail of that race. Uh, Anthony? Well, Phil, I didn't expect Van Avermaet to win at all because I just thought BMC Racing is already spread thin across two co-leaders, so I thought it was all for these guys. I didn't think Van Avermaet was hunting wins, but it, they, he said afterwards that the plan was always for Van Avermaet to go in the break. I'm not sure, okay, great now, but now they have the lead. So they're obligated to defend it. They're going to be using up energy, which otherwise would be put towards Van Garderen or Port in the in the next fortnight. I mean, we're only at stage five. We haven't even reached the Pyrenees yet. Van Avermaet could hold the jersey for quite some time because he's quite a talented rider. I mean, so I'm not saying that the type of guy, rider couldn't win this stage. I'm more saying the type of role he's playing didn't, lead me to think that uh, he should be in contention well that's uh, you know that's that's really interesting because yeah I mean they're gonna have to they're gonna have to sit at the front if they want to hold it and uh, stage six looks like it's one for the sprinters again you know which means he's likely to hold on to that jersey well, well will they have to do any work I mean the sprinters are gonna the sprinters teams are surely going to take up the bulk of the um, the chasing duties tomorrow and then on the next stage it's a big mountain stage in Andorra so I think they'd be, you know, just doing what they'd do normally um, on the front to keep, you know, Port and TJ in in contention for the win. I, I think they will have to do work, Jamie, because this is part and parcel of the unwritten rules of the tour. I mean, the sprinters teams take it up maybe in the last 50, 100 kilometres at most, but for that first bit... It's expected. It's it's never. You can't just say no, no. We we're not riding because uh, we don't feel like it. We've got two co-leaders. It just the tour doesn't work that way. And in fact, uh, tonight's stage. Yeah, after doing some research, it's deceptively difficult. In fact, uh, Prudhomme says that uh, you know it's it's very. It will be a very difficult. Um, start uh, to tonight's stage. The, the complication for BMC, do you think, uh, with the yellow jersey is that maybe you could get away with treating the yellow jersey as, as, a, as a secondary kind of thing on, in, in this scenario if it were any other race other than the Tour de France. It's just that with the Tour, the yellow jersey, th th there are expectations that come with the Tour. You have to wear it with a bit of honor, a bit of 
bit of uh, respect. So it's not like they can just kind of dawdle at the back and, and not uh, show themselves. I mean, yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's part of the problem. There's an expectations issue, isn't there? It's, it's a pride thing hmm. as well. And, uh, you know, Andy Reese, the owner of BMC, you know, he's, he's been forking out a lot of money. They're, they're clearly not making that requisite, um, basically, sales revenue return for the amount of money he's putting in, which, you know, when you consider, okay, 20 million euros, a year to run a team, oh, well, you bump that up to probably about 30 to 40 for BMC and then the riders' salaries. I mean, it's, it's huge. So uh, it's it's definitely a part part obligation and then also part pride. Um, Jamie, the, the, GC, the GC guys, uh, Contador lost more time. He's, I guess that's the most notable uh, rider of, of that type that we need to talk about because the rest of them were pretty much where they wanted to be and uh, but Contador lost uh, lost a little bit more time to to let's say his expected rivals yeah and he really looked like he was having a tough time out there didn't he he just had nothing to go with them when they um, decided to accelerate towards the end of that stage and it it hurt watching him try to cycle because he, he really looks like he's in a bad way he can't get out of the saddle like he normally does and dance on the pedals and yeah, it's going to be a long tour for Alberto, but um, he's a tough one, and hopefully he comes good. Um, maybe second or third week. Uh, he'll probably come good in the fifth or sixth week, for my reckoning. I mean, this he 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 was looking yeah, like you said, Jamie. He's he's looking very uncomfortable, even on a medium mountain stage, if we call last night's stage a medium mountain stage. I mean, it's just going to get harder. Um, not tomorrow, but the next day we go, you know, over the Col d'Aspin. We're in the Pyrenees. <laughs> then there's a little bit of respite and then the Alps. So it's uh, four, four stages in the Alps. So I just think uh, he's riding on borrowed time. Yeah, Phil, you mentioned Micah. Uh, he could be their best bet. But, I mean, it's a really plan, plan B, I mean... I don't know where he can. Fit. He he rode the Giro, remember, you know, to to try and do a good GC there. This this was not for him to ride GC. Um, perhaps just on on a side field, another interesting point was Movistar riding as hard as they did at the front, and I I thought it was almost like they were trying to show their strength against Sky, but it kind of backfired on them because at the end they only had two riders supporting Quintana, and Froome had probably four or. For at least four guys around him. Well, that's I mean that's that's pretty expected of Sky though. I mean that's this is, this is the way they ride. I mean the, the team leader gets one hundred percent support. Yeah, oh, I think they were just testing the waters, Movistar, and they they managed to you know put a bit more time into Contador, and they'll consider that a fairly good job. And they did get rid of Mikel Lander, which was a big surprise because he was climbing great at the Dauphiné, but. He appears to, you know, not be uh, quite bringing the same amount of form into into this race, and that's a bad sign for Team Sky. Um, I'm not entirely sure because I, th- mm. I I remember reading a quote from Land at one of the other cycling publications where he said it was this year's tour was really much more of a learning experience with Sky for him, where he was just thinking about settling in uh, with the team. But maybe it's a deliberate strategy as well. Maybe he just falls off. Um, because Micah, uh, you know, Micah is the same. Micah's 22 minutes, 22 minutes down on GC, you know, so. Yeah, I, I, I think it's too early to write off these guys, the strength. It's more, it's, I was more like uh, interesting to see 
Movistar assert their strength and Lander getting dropped, yeah, he probably shouldn't be dropped, but then again, the way Sky use up their Sky bots is such <laughs> that they, they've got domestics good for one day and they save themselves and then the next day they're good. I mean, the old idea is, like you said, it's a all-for-one, one-for-all strategies to protect for him. So long as he's got four guys around him, it doesn't matter which three or four guys, and then he's he's fine. If he's, he's there in the last five, six, seven kilometres of climb and he's with the leaders, then it's uh, for me it's job done. So despite the fact that you know the stage was what it is, kind of punchy, et cetera, uh, any other major takeaways from, from last night? Well, uh, perhaps I, I said it was a stage for Simon Gerrans, and I, I sort of still maintain that because if he is he such a different rider to Van Avermaet? Not really. I, I just actually don't think he's got the same form as he had, say, in 2013, you know, when he won that uh, stage into Corsica and then the subsequent day, you know, the OGE, which is now OBE, uh, won the team time trial and he got the yellow jerseys. Then I remember I did an interview with him and I said, oh, you know, he said, well, in 2012, he aimed to be good at the back end of the Tour de France because it was the Olympics. Now we're in the Olympic year again. He's he's down to ride as the leader uh, for the Australian team. And uh, yeah, so he's structured his form so that he will be better and he actually did say it's slim pickings in the first week so if he only's got one opportunity and perhaps he's got two or three in that second or third week then following on from that you've got the Olympic Games road race then I understand it so I'm not writing Guerin's off I just don't think his form is uh, where it was at in 2013 when he was definitely targeting the first week of the tour yeah yeah Peter Sagan, overnight, he pushed out a, a video. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. Have you seen it? Yeah, I mean, if you'd told me before that I'd enjoy watching Peter Sagan chop wood, um, I would have been, I would have called you a liar, but no, it's it's quite mesmerizing, actually. It's uh, Peter's world, we just live in it. Oh, I you haven't, haven't seen it, have you, Tani? No, no, so you're going to have to put out a link to. Uh, you're gonna have to put it from your Twitter or Cycling Central's it's, Twitter. Feed. It's already there. Yeah, it's on the oh, website okay. as well. So overnight, his sponsor, <laughs> they they put out his his, his uh, home sponsor called Sunroot put out a. They're doing these clips and it's done to Rocky and it's about uh, my life is like a movie, right? Life is like a movie. Sometimes sweet, sometimes hard. Remember that you are the main character in your life and you're filming your story right now, and it's he's chopping wood and he's cutting wood and he's doing this whole Rocky thing and. There's one one bit where he's like pulling a big fat dude on a sled, right? Just building his strength, and you know it's just in his hair, and you know oh, it's just incredible. It's just epic. Yeah. Uh, just speaking about him, I mean, last <laughs> night he's just such a clown. I mean, he got dropped quite definitively, and then he was choking with the moto. Did you see him? He was sticking his elbow out as if to try and get motion the moto to go through, as if he was, you know, he was in a an echelon or something uh, yeah. with a motorbike. He's just, uh, yeah, he's good. He's good value. I've sort of come round. I just thought he was a <laughs> bit too much of a joker, but now I, I think we need those light-hearted moments in cycling. Yeah, you know, and it's it's uh, it's pretty funny that he's become this 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 character that kind of is bigger than the sport. And it'll be interesting to see if 
like say a, a grand tour winner like Froome, like normally you'd find the guy who wins the Tour de France moves out of uh, cycling consciousness and becomes more 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 part of the uh, the wider the wider public's consciousness. I'm interested to see if somebody like Sagan becomes one of those riders where he's a non-tour rider, but people around the world actually know who he is because of what he does off the uh, off the bike. Yeah, I think he can become somewhat of a transcendental figure. Perhaps when his English has certainly improved, and that will lead him then to become that type of um, person. I don't know what you want to call him, some <laughs> talisman. Um, but yeah, I mean, f- for me, he's yeah, he's he's definitely good value. He's he's clearly a bit too big, though. I mean, when they showed this shot of him last night, and then. Uh, Sherwin made this comment. It's like this this guy, you know, he he could still be so good and just be a couple of kilos lighter. He doesn't need to be that bulky. And I, I I'm sort of thinking is he was really struggling on those climbs last night. And I'm thinking, are you going to make it to Paris? I think he's probably looking to make it to Rio, because the mountain bike guys tend to be a little bit, you know, more muscular, especially around the upper body, and mm. you know, a bit more bit more action in that way. So. Yeah. Maybe there's a there's a double thinking there somewhere along the line, but it hasn't really hurt him. I mean, he's still winning stages, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no it's. I mean, also it's interesting that I heard that Cavendish is, even though I remember you saying he was, you felt he was slimmed down. His in face, fact, for sure, I can see uh, it. He's put put on a couple of kilos. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Maybe the distribution's a little bit different. Yeah. For track and road, maybe. Mm. You know, what do you reckon? Beefed up the quads, maybe, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eating more meat, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stay away from the steaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's do a quick preview of uh, of stage six uh, because uh, this one ends in a slight kind of downhill. But as Anthony was saying, it it it, it may pose uh, a few more difficulties than expected. But uh, they're still ex- expecting a um, you know a, a good fast finishing finish. With sprinters involved, or some kind of sprinters. Yeah, I'll just read out what um, the guy who designed the route says, uh, Thierry Gouverneau. He, he says, we have designed it with the idea that the riders will need to be watchful. From the start, the route is torturous, follow, following rolling roads that continue to feature with almost without let-up. Will the sprinters hold on? Some of them will, yes, but not all of them. So that pretty much sums it up. I think you will see a, a sprint finish. You also remember the following day is it's not a mountaintop finish. Again, the course designers uh, decided that after what happened last year, stage 10 to La Pierre Saint-Martin, where Froome just crushed everyone, uh, they didn't want that because th- they said they... They felt like they made a mistake. They need the tour to be suspenseful uh, right up until the final days and doing that hilltop finish. So they've made it a very tricky descent. They're, it's almost they're trying to make it the anti-Froome tour. Who's going to win? Well, I mean, a bit of a b- bit more of a difficult sprint stage. You'd say that takes it out of somebody like Marcel Kittel's um, range. But I, uh, I'm just looking at the profile. You know, he can make it over, the, over those... Um, climbs. There's nothing ridiculous well, in there. There's there's a cat three, cat four, intermediate sprint, cat three to finish, and then more or less a roll down to the uh, down to the finish. So, if he gets over those, well, yeah. If he if he makes it, it's forty one and a half kilometers to go. There's this is the one I don't think he'll get over three and a half uh, three point two kilometers at five 
percent. Marcel is he's just got a massive carcass. Oh, I don't. It's uh, I don't see him getting over that again. Uh, Sagan. Happy to be proven wrong. Yeah, I mean, look, he he almost took a rest day yesterday, didn't he? So he, he's he's one of those guys. Who else is a fast finisher? Perhaps oh, Matthews. Garrens. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be a fast finish, but not a fast, fast finish. Well, that's it. We're going to call it a day. Um, don't forget to watch tonight. We're live on SBS. And you can also uh, watch online in the Skoda Tour Tracker apps. 